Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the HB Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Here with me, beautiful boys, Brandon. Dustin, hello. And Ben. Greetings. How are you guys today? I'm doing all right. Just a few minutes ago, Brandon called you Dusty. Oh, yeah. I call him Dusty sometimes. I know you do, but it's it's so rare. Yeah. I called him Dusty years ago, like briefly. And he was like, by the way, most people call me Duddy if they want to call me a nickname. I'm yeah. like, oh, so I remember Duddy, not Dusty. Yeah. I remember him saying in high school, some of his elementary friends or something like that used to call you Dusty, right? When I was a little, little baby, That's it, was, what it, it was Dusty. Yes. And then Kevin started with Duddy, which I don't know if I have a preference between the two, but then Duddy just kind of stuck yeah. from Kevin. So sometimes I slip in the Dusty. Got it. I only sprinkle it in, though. Yeah. Mm. In fact, I, I recall Kevin calling me uh, Duddy Scrote for some yes. reason. Just Duddy adding, Scrote. adding the Scrote in there for some Absolutely reason. Absolutely have to. So that that's a thing that uh, <laughs> that happened in the, in the college years. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad to hear you guys are doing good. Yeah, I've man. been pretty good. You know, the last two days, mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's just thing about being mid to starting to be late 20s is that like yesterday I kind of had a, a mild headache on and on that was kind of focused on like the left side of my neck. And then today it was the opposite side. Wow. And I'm like, well, I guess I just can't win. You're just old now. What I don't you, know. 26? 26. Wow. Would you yeah. like me to punch you as hard as I possibly can in the back of your neck? Honestly, it might help. But honestly, I'm feeling better now. That's what I resort to is just give it, give it <laughs> a couple violent. swift punches. It goes right away, apparently. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, be... though. So, yeah, I, I, as someone who is also not a doctor, I'm going to advise you. You let him do that. OK. All right. It's practically like a chiropractor. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> just dude, honestly, some people like completely naysay chiropractors. And I feel like there's something there. There's something you can't. Sure. Y- you can't say there's nothing there. But I think that's all I'm saying. I think there is something. Some chiropractors are quacks. Yeah. And oh, no. some are yeah. not. Certainly. Certainly. Yeah. I had a really bad jaw issue. Just like any profession. Right. I had a jaw issue that I woke up. My jaw has always been fucked up for years because I chewed so much gum in high school, which is sad, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. <laughs> Dude, I'm surprised you don't have like fucking massive. The crimson yeah. chin or something in this bitch. But I woke up. And I like had a lot of resistance closing my jaw and it really freaked me out. And I happened to be going to the chiropractor that day. And so he adjusted my back. And I'm like, hey, by the way, my my jaw's been messed up and I can't I'm having a lot of resistance. He's like, oh, let me, let me look at that. And he like grabbed my jaw and went 
instantly better. Wow. It felt like I was touched by Jesus. Damn. Like I was instantly healed. <laughs> and I've always been a believer ever since. Wow. So. Yeah, my parents have and always. Jesus or chiropractors? Both. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, no, there's definitely something there. Anyway, this is the HP podcast, as I mentioned just a second ago, your weekly gaming podcast from handsomephantom.com. We really appreciate you guys being with us because we know there are tons and tons and tons of gaming podcasts. I would say just like this one, but you know what? Fuck that. I think we're cut above the rest. Whew. If for no other reason than because of my luscious locks. Oh, oh, of course. Oh, yes. And so I hope we can prove that to you throughout the next, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, probably an hour. But yeah, check us out. Also, if you like this show, it's available and uh, brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom. You can go there. You can sign up for just a dollar a month. You can get access to this show early, along with a slew of other different perks, including early access to on, on a higher tier our show HP After Dark. And if you haven't listened to that one yet, I highly recommend it. Ooh. We're going to be recording a new episode this week. But of course, you can check out the currently available episodes on the free feed. Am I missing anything here? Other than this show sponsored by Balls. Balls Corona, Delicious energy drink. Check them out. Thank you for your sponsorship. How long is that sponsorship good for? A while. Technically, till we're finished with the balls, I would uh, say. I think so. And, uh... We're probably getting close to being. I don't know. Time, but I don't know. Anyway. All right. So any other loose ends we want to tie up before we get into the news? Uh, Not really a, a big one, but like basically Brandon and I play uh, games, usually Call of Duty a lot. And just generally, anytime we're playing, I'm also streaming. Oh, yeah. Um, so like, I don't know, maybe streaming isn't your thing, but if it is, go over and give us a follow twitch.tv slash handsome underscore phantom. Uh, you can go on our website and get a link to it too if you want, if that's easier for you. Um, but check that out. Just come by, say hi. You don't have to stick around. You don't have to give us any money, whatever. Um, but if you're, a, if you're a Twitch person, at least drop a follow on there. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and honestly, we've been streaming a bunch, so just check or turn on the notification bell and you'll probably be free one of the times we're streaming. So Last check, night, check it I, out. Was, I was getting into bed mm -hmm. and i got an email notification about the, the stream summary mm -hmm. of you guys streaming nice. and that actually often happens that i'm getting <laughs> into bed and i'm like oh they just got done streaming yep so yeah all right let's get into this news first of all the last of us part two we talked a little bit about sales last week but we have some more concrete numbers this comes from the playstation blog they have sold more than four million copies and it is now the fastest selling first party exclusive for the PlayStation, which to me, just right off the bat, is surprising. Not that we didn't expect this game to be a big success, but outpacing Spider-Man and Uncharted. So uh, what do you guys think about these numbers? I think they're pretty predictable, first of all. But second of all, uh, I think I saw something today that said second week numbers weren't nearly as strong, which, of course, they're not going to be nearly as strong. Right. Um, but it, it makes that part of it makes me wonder more about the thing I posed last week, which was. Were there going to be more people rushing to buy the game day one since the spoilers were out in the wild right. than there would have been otherwise? And I don't know. We'll never know that answer for sure because we can't duplicate reality or maybe we can. Who knows? 
Yeah, Let's we don't know and, so far. Rick and Morty. The fact that we have not seen a future version of ourselves <laughs> right this very moment has made me think that future me has not yet discovered it. Mm, that's that's how it works, after all. Or sense. you just weren't privileged enough to have time travel. Nope. That, nope. That can't it, be it. There's only one option here, Ben. Okay. It's the one I just said. So, yeah, this game, huge success. Um, apparently, the leaks had, had nothing to do with uh, the the rise or fall of this game. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say, like, could it have been five million instead of four million? Maybe. <laughs> but I mean, doubtful. I mean, it's the fastest selling period. I, I know I have heard accounts of very few, but a few people that I actually believe who canceled their pre-orders. Right. But I would say me personally, this is a game I was going to play regardless. I mean, I didn't. I, I did see some of the leaks, but I don't know how valid some of them were because I haven't finished the game yet. Almost, but not quite. Um, I don't know, though, that it would have been a moment one purchase for me. Right. It might have been like a couple weeks later. Who knows? I don't know what reason I would have had, but I wouldn't have felt the urgency that I felt. Yeah. What's funny is since I completed the game, no spoilers, anybody uh, for everyone, just so you know. Uh, I we went. Will, we probably will have a spoiler cast like next week, maybe. Hopefully, next week. Brandon's gonna get his yeah, button gear. Yeah, I'm a little behind. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. He's pretty far behind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I went and looked at some of the leaks, mm-hmm. and some of them are just not true. Yeah, oh, they yeah. like have partial truths to them, right? And then they just go off the rails on fanfic, right? So it's just hilarious to me that people would, you know, base their judgment on this game around something that someone posted on 4chan. Right. But yeah, I don't know. So what I wonder is that the word gets out about the first one, right? It's been so long since the first one and unanimously with some exceptions, it's critically acclaimed. People say how good the story is. Do you think that it stood by itself because of these sales or i mean do you think the hype around it being so long and the quality of the first one conveying it i don't know i feel mm. like that's something we can't fully explore until we've all finished the game true right. but based on what i've played so far which is about 20 hours or so um maybe slightly under 20 hours um i would say again no spoilers the game is nothing groundbreaking except for the emotional tug that I feel throughout the game. I think that's a fair yeah. assessment. Let's, I'm going to, I had this later on in the show for a stupid reason, but I'm just going to go ahead and dive into it now because we have more stuff related to The Last of Us that's just breaking a little bit earlier today. So Polygon put out a piece all about sort of the situation going on with The Last of Us and the reviews and all these different things. But there was one thing that I specifically wanted to talk about in this article. So I'm just going to read a little bit from it. It says, while the vast majority of reviews have lavished the last of us part two with all sorts of praise, a handful of outlets polygon included have been slightly more critical of the blockbuster game. Uh, according to Zachney vices review prompted a Sony representative to reach out on behalf of naughty dog quote, they felt some of the conclusions I reached in my review were unfair and dismissed some meaningful changes or improvements, Zachney told Polygon over Twitter messages. Zachney clarifies that the exchange wasn't confrontational, 
but there was nonetheless, but it was on the nonetheless unusual as the site doesn't typically have big bu publishers asking an official capacity why a review reads in the way it does. Such things can happen, of course, though often with smaller developers or from publishers who have spotted a factual error in a piece that they want corrected. Quote, I was happy to unpack a bit of my reasoning, however, uh, however, and received a perfectly cordial message of response. That read weird. Um, anyway, you get the point. Yeah. So I didn't read this guy from Vice, his uh, review. He or she, that was just the last name. I didn't read their review, but apparently it was enough in disagreement with someone at Naughty Dog that Sony reached out in disagreement. Ben, I'm going to point this one towards you as our editor-in-chief here on what you think about this whole situation. Well, okay, so to start off, I have not read any reviews. I saw the scores, didn't mean to, but somebody like posted a screenshot of the scores on Twitter, so I saw them. But I haven't read them, so I certainly haven't read this one because uh, I wanted to go in as blind as possible. I even didn't watch most of the trailers past the reveal trailer. Um, with that said, we've had people reach out to us before. I think I, I can count three. Uh, one was for a preview. And two were for varying other coverage, whether they were reviews, I can't remember for sure. But I, I can think of three times where we've had a publisher or developer reach out to us and we've changed something because we had it wrong. Not because it was a disagreement, but like, this is totally made up, but like, this game is entirely in 60 frames per second. And they're like, uh, actually, it's in 30 sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, something like that, where it, we got a fact wrong, innocent enough, but... Um, never on an opinion, though. And not that we're the biggest site in the world or anything. But I guess my question here is, what was the nature of Sony's outreach? Which we'll, we don't know uh, entirely. But if they, again, making this up, but if, if the reviewer says, literally nothing in the gameplay has changed, then I understand Sony reaching out and saying, why did you, why did you say that? Because things have changed. Right. Uh, that's not an objective fact. If it was something that was subjective then it's probably a little untoward. Right. Yeah, I, I was thinking about our interactions with um, publishers and stuff, and you're right that it is almost exclusive. I I would say actually exclusively about facts related right. and, and pretty much always are on us. There's been a couple situations where we had wrong embargo information or had – a fact wrong that was presented to us in a wrong way. So uh, one time was an embargo. They gave us no embargo and we posted something and they said, Hey, by the way, we're sorry about this, but the embargo is actually for this time. We didn't tell you that wasn't really our fault. I wouldn't say right. another time I'm thinking of the, pre the preview, um, the literal material they handed us said there were going to be like 29 stages or something like that. And they reached out and said, after we published it and said, hey, there's actually going to be 34 or something. You know, they added some more after they published that information. Right. So, like, innocent things like that where we just got things wrong, not necessarily our fault, not necessarily their fault. Um, or maybe it was a combination of, of different people's faults. But, again, yeah, if they reached out about a uh, opinion. Right. It's a little weird. Yeah. It's definitely there's a fine line. And it's so interesting that this happened in light of everyone, a lot of people being accusatory about paid off reviews yes. yeah. in The Last of Us. Um, but yeah, I honestly don't really know what to think of this. I mean, I think you're right, Ben, that we don't know enough of the information. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and I think it's a bad look, probably. Yeah. Right? Regardless, well, unless it was completely fact, like, hey, this is a factual. 
they called it the last of us part three and it was really the last of us part two and they reached out and said hey that's not true. Why did you say the part three? Was that a joke or was that, you know, but right. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. And I feel like it also got enough good press that doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to go out and try and, I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? Like they had enough. Would it really line up with what they want to pick on some of the people that didn't do as good because it mostly did great. Right. right. I don't know. It that doesn't necessarily make sense to me, and I agree with you. We don't have all the information, but yeah, I, I, I guess I want to. I I want to assume the best. Right. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely Sony has been making some interesting choices as far as first there's this, and then there was the DMCA debacle where they were copywriting, they were copyright striking YouTubers for talking about the leaks right even if they didn't include what the leaks were right yeah yeah which is just not acceptable yeah so i would imagine they have i mean like most third party comp most comp most big triple a companies they have a third party do that but well who knows well i was gonna say also like youtube is kind of fucked as far as all that stuff goes so i don't know that youtube didn't fumble something as well maybe they said hey if they're talking about the lease get rid of them and then youtube goes and says or hires a third party and says hey and you know there's a fumble there well then correct me if i'm wrong in this to my understanding that big companies that own copyrights do have the authority to strike videos without a youtube review Um, and then at that point the creator can appeal it appeal it and then a third party will come in and moderate review it yeah i think that's correct but that you have to have certain privileges like i'm sure sony has that ability right yeah (laughs) but like we couldn't right although that's i don't know if that's 100 percent true because there was at one point somebody who ripped off um one of our actually there have been multiple people but people who have ripped off gameplay from us right and you know youtube flags that they can tell like what videos contain the same amount of footage or whatever and give you a percentage we can go in and review them, and then if we mark them, they take them down immediately. Right. Uh, yeah. They don't even submit for review. So, yeah, that's one of those things where it's like, this is unrelated. I don't really mind if someone uses one of our gameplay videos, as long as we get credit. As long as we get credit, and it's not a direct rip. Right. We had someone just directly rip one of our gameplay videos and then upload it on their channel. Right. That's not cool. Right. But as if, and you know what I mean? It's like one of those things. If you want to use it, just use it and credit us. Right. But. I don't know. I think the only thing, the one that you're talking about, if it's the same one I'm thinking of, the only thing they changed was they put their banner at the front instead of ours. Yeah. And that's what actually makes me mad. Yeah, I was right. going to say they like, literally just front to back. If you're going to do it. that, use our banner too. Yeah. Like, and, right. then ju- and then claim We're it. small enough that yeah. I'll take the exposure over the, you know, 10 cents we'll make from the views. Right. That they yeah. would get otherwise. All right. Let's move along here. There's new rumors about the leaked Harry Potter game that we had heard about months ago. I feel like that had to have been at least a year ago now. It feels like it was forever ago, yeah. So this comes, I think a bunch of different sites were reporting about this. I think Eurogamer confirmed it in a couple other places. But here are the details right now. This will be a 2021 release on next gen. So PS5, Series X, PC, assuming. Uh, This will be developed by Avalanche. This is interesting because we had no idea who right. the developer was, right. but now it's through these 
semi-confirmed leaks that it will be Avalanche, will be an open-world-style Hogwarts game, so a lot of it taking place, of course, on the Hogwarts ground. And it was originally planned to be revealed at E3, but it has now been pushed to a later time that we currently do not know. Right. So Avalanche, they uh, have been silent lately. Obviously, we knew about Rage 2 and um, Just Cause 4 was kind of their recent stuff that they did. Do you know they also have a hunting game? No. Yeah, they have a hunting game that they use the Avalanche engine for. Hmm. And they also did that Generation Zero game that's supposed to be It's funny because those are all such wildly different genres that it makes me wonder how a single um, a single build, what's it called? Uh, uh, engine engine yeah. to work for them all. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, they, <laughs> they just duct taped it together. They're like, I, cheap IP? This That's is a first-person shooter. <laughs> yeah. We could probably make a hunting game, except the deer have to be people. Yeah. <laughs> so there was also some talk in one of these articles that Avalanche employees are concerned right now because of the current uh, controversy around J.K. Rowling. Right. We don't have to get into all that. I'm under the impression that it's like the world is much bigger than her now. Right. There are thousands of people that work on Harry Potter IP related projects. Right. You can't hold this game accountable for one person. I mean, here's how I look at things. Obviously there comes a point where you have to say, okay, I don't want to have any other stuff, but like after a certain point, basically I think she made all the money she was going to make off that franchise long before the first movie ever came out or maybe when the first, you know, when, when the movies came out, they paid for the rights and everything. And she milked the money out of the books, probably still making money on those. But when it comes down to things like games, they probably already have paid whatever they're going to pay to her. Right. Yeah. The licensing, yeah. whatever agreement. Yeah. yeah so, there's an even bigger chance that somebody else holds the license that yeah. she sold it to and they license it out to other people. So, right. yeah. And yeah. it's from my understanding, she doesn't even have any impression or anything on the game. Oh, yeah. That's the, so the like, one thing the article said is that she doesn't the other have any thing, direct involvement. Is I'm like, I mean, I guess to some extent, obviously, she created this. But you're definitely right, Dustin. There's so many hands in Harry Potter at this point. Right. You right. know? The real trouble they're going to have is when they want to do the next Fantastic Beasts movie. And she is one of the writers of right. the movie, which, you know, whatever. They could just I mean, can, can that series. Two, they fuck probably it. just shouldn't do it. They should just can it. Yeah, they should just can it. Get rid of it. So, talking about this game specifically, is this game interesting to you guys at all? Something that piques your interest? It depends on what it is. Okay. I mean, I'm interested because it's Harry Potter and I like that universe. Right. I think we all do to some extent. But if it comes out and it's a, a stealth uh, puzzle game, mm. I'm going to be way less interested than if it's a battle spellcasting game. You know, like... It just it just depends on what kind of game it is. Right. Here's my thing is whenever I think about a universe so big like that, I think that it's going to be so difficult to make a game around that. But I guess Shadow of Mordor right. did it well. It wasn't exactly flushed out. There's a lot going on in the Lord of Rings lore, right. obviously. But the further away you get from the game's namesake, though, the less interested I am. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I'm like, is this going to be an MMO? Like, right. They said open world or uh, open world style. So, wow. 
that that describes almost every game. Yeah. Well, it's just the, <laughs> you just know, the like, right now. Well, yeah, I know, but I'm saying like, yeah, it's the, there's not a lot, whole lot to work on. I, I could definitely see some sort of MMO Dauntless Monster Hunter type of thing. I think that'd be cool. Right. You know, running around with your buddies, right, fucking up Dementors and stuff. You know. Right. Yeah. Part of me wonders, and like, is it too late for a Harry Potter, a big Harry Potter game like this? But the answer is probably no. I mean, the fans yeah. are, are still very passionate about yeah. this franchise, and I'm guessing that they will be till forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Till they right. die. So I feel like the fan base has money now. That's true. And so, you know, maybe if it were 20 years from now, I'd say maybe you lost your, your chance there. But this is an unrelated thought, but I want to see what you guys think. I was thinking about, uh, you know, there's that Billie Eilish song that, uh, samples the office in it yeah i was thinking about i'm like if she's a fan of the office there's no way she liked it when it was airing right because she's so much younger than us so i'm like to them to these kids the office is like a, it would be like a early 90s show is to me yeah isn't that weird yeah it is it's like weird. watching cheers right as, yeah no like age, i've done I love, that, by the way <laughs> i've done that too like it's just weird to think about like when someone is wearing a band shirt or like my brother's girlfriend who was born in 2000 it's oh, no. like the albums came out before you were born. Right. Which, not that you can't like them. I'm not gatekeeping by any means. It's just, it's crazy to think. Right. I mean, yeah, like we all like Iron Maiden. Right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, granted, they're still making music, but I don't like any of it. But yeah. Yeah. I was telling Holly, I think I'm like, they will remake Harry Potter at some point. Right. They will remake Lord of the Rings. Like it's just a, a matter of time and how long they want to wait before they milk it again. Right. So, okay, let's move on from there. The rumors about Xbox Lockhart are back. Now, this was something that we had talked about probably last summer almost, is that Xbox was working on two versions of their next-gen machine. One of them, which was uh, Anaconda, which we now know as Xbox Series X. And the other one would be a cheaper version of the console that is still codenamed Lockhart. So this comes from The Verge. They got their hands on a leaked document that is specifically for developers. We will get into a little bit of tech talk here as far as gigahertz. We're going to start talking about the flops again. The flops, yes. <laughs> so here's what the article from The Verge says. The leaked document also mentions a Lockhart profiling mode. Sources familiar with Xboxes, uh, with Microsoft's Xbox plans tell The Verge that this special Lockhart mode is part of the Xbox Series X development kit. The dev kit, codenamed Dante, allows game, game developers to enable a special Lockhart mode that has a profile of the performance that Microsoft wants to hit with this second console. We understand that includes 7.5 gigabytes of usable RAM, a slightly underclocked CPU speed, and around 4 teraflops of GPU performance. The Xbox Series X includes 13.5 gigabytes of usable RAM, and targets 12 teraflops of GPU performance. Develop developers will be able to use this Lockhart mode to test their games against this performance profile and do validation checks. Microsoft is expecting to position its Lockhart console for 1080p or 1440p gaming, two of the most popular resolutions used by PC gaming monitors currently. Now, one last thing before we dive in, and that is Tom Warren. He is the author of the article, posted a tweet 
saying, I've been reporting on Xbox Lock Lockhart having a slightly underclocked CPU, but I now believe it is the same speed as the Series X, just different GPU frequencies and CU, which I think that means uh, CU counts. I Never mind, I don't know what that means. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so we can look in, focus in specifically on the fact that there is significantly less RAM and way less teraflop Flopperities. floppage yeah. for these two consoles. Now, I'm just remembering this now, so I should have done more research, but I believe that there's also speculation that this uh, that this Lockhart console would technically be less powerful than the Xbox Series X. Right. Not Series X. The Xbox One X. Right. So, potentially we're looking at a system that is positioned slightly lower than their current flagship but better in the cpu because it has the cpu as the you know the series x what do you guys think's going on here that's my question <laughs> what is going on i guess where it gets into me and before i reveal my opinion i'll say the question i'm about to ask will probably shine light on the opinion who is this for yeah, really. I I mean, granted, it's a budget machine that may help some people be able to get it that wouldn't be able to afford a, um, a higher end one. But who who is it out there that that says, you know, I think a hundred bucks is worth not being able to play games as well. Mm. I don't think there are many people in your fan, core fan base that are like that. Right. Yeah. And I think it all comes down to price. Most yeah. people don't give a fuck about, I don't know, they're just going to see that it's less. I agree with you, Dustin. Mm. Maybe the old one's less. Maybe they catch wind that it's about the same. You know, I just feel like you don't want to set a set something up to be competing with yourself. I feel like it's very important to next-genify yourselves. You never want to put your last console close enough to your new one. Right. To make people question that. And if this, in fact, is true, I feel like there has to be some questions running right. through people's minds with this power, you know? The other thing is, and maybe this would play out better in the long term as far as, like, releasing a next, you know, if they release the Series X and then two years later they release a, a lower-end one, that may play out better for them. But right now I'm just like, if it's less powerful than the machine I have already... Why would I want to upgrade it? Right. I think the other question as far as the Microsoft's long-term strategy is, so right now the Xbox One games or the Xbox Series X games work on Xbox One. Right? Yes. They said Halo Infinite is going to work on your current Xbox. Right. Eventually some kind of, you know, eventually they're going to have to let that console go. Yeah. Now you have a console that potentially, I don't know, based on some of these things we're reading, may be slightly under the Xbox One X. So it's somewhere in between. So are they going to eventually be like, OK, well, this game no longer works on Xbox One S, but it will work on Xbox Lockhart, Xbox One X and Xbox Series X. Right. Like, what are we getting into here? This is some Nintendo level Yo, marketing uh, bullshit. I was just thinking that. It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It, I mean, it really doesn't. Unless eventually it just gets to the point where they're like, even though the Xbox One X is comparably specced to the Lockhart, from now on, games will only work on Lockhart and Series X. 
Right. Do you know what I mean? And then the Xbox. Uh, this is so fucking confusing to I say all it. these names. All the Xbox One X players might be like, well, what the fuck? This is such a comparable, maybe yeah. even in some ways more powerful machine. Well, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> the only thing I could think is that this Lockhart console is like the real cheapo here. They're saying, hey, Xbox Lockhart, 199 No disk drive. No disk drive, right. Yeah. And the Series X is going to be $499, $599. we are talking about a third of the flops, dude. I would assume that they, if this is the case, I see them axing the S, making the Lockhart be the new budget, mm. and then saying, hey, you know, you could buy the X to have your best last-gen experience, and then, you know, just, you know, there's no longer a lesser version of the original Xbox. So you're saying if it's not a Series X line, like if it's not in the next gen line. Right. So they just axe the S, only produce the X if you want the previous generation experience, and then come in with the next gen, in quote, experience with the Lockhart in Anaconda. Here's a, I guess here's <laughs> the way I see it. Earlier I said, who is this for? And I know who it's for. Okay, first of all, I don't advise anybody to buy a TV at Walmart if, you, if you're if you an enthusiast or anything. If you just need a TV, whatever. But if you go to Walmart and you want to buy a TV, you can buy a $2,500 Samsung OLED TV if you want to. It's there. Very few of them sell. They sit on the shelf for months and months, tying up inventory, because people don't go to Walmart to buy them. But if you're an enthusiast, if you know what you're looking for and you want it, it's accessible to you. The majority of people only care about what it says on the box. If it says 4K, they're going to buy it. They don't care if it's a $125 Black Friday O&N special. If it says 4K, if it's the new thing, right? they're going to buy it. So I understand how there could be a market for this. But I think many people are going to either be A, confused, or two, complacent. And do you really, about upgrades to your system, and do you really want your core fan base, the people who are buying your new consoles, who are who are like driving the development of your company, do you really want them to be complacent about what they're buying? You want them to make the decision based on the feature set it has, not the price tag. Right. Entirely. Now, obviously price is a factor, but correct me if I'm wrong. The PS5, the only discernible difference is the disk drive from yes, the two SKUs, correct? Of, yes. They've confirmed that that's the only difference okay. on the PlayStation blog. So that, to me, like, more and more as this goes on, I feel like Microsoft and Sony just have completely different ideas of how they want to move forward with some of this shit. Right. Because this seems so much different than what Sony's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, even just at its base, it just... Here's the thing that I've been thinking lately. You're talking about the two different strategies. I really, I want to be wrong. You know, next month when Xbox shows off all their first party stuff, I want to be blown away. Legitimately, I want to be wrong. Xbox strategy right now it just seems- doesn't feel next gen. Yeah. It feels like a better version of the current gen. Right. Because they haven't shown anything that really says, hey, this is, I mean, of course, there's the, there's their version of the SSD that isn't going to be quite as good as Sony's. We already know that. And there's going to be the suspend and resume. But nothing so far screams like this just feels like an updated Xbox One. Right. You know, more power, whatever, which in some ways that's all really next gen consoles are. But yeah. 
I really feel like Sony is differentiating themselves saying like their, their marketing message has been clear. This is the next step. This is what the next thing for gaming is. And you're going to be left behind if you don't buy this. That's the implication. Right. Right. So it's all about the implications. That's right. Right. So, yeah, I just don't know. I really hope that these games they show off next month are are sweet. But the, again, that's the other thing. Every game they show off next month, play it on your Xbox One. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know, just All, not as good. Right. Also, maybe this is just me being a little pessimistic. We're not going to get Halo gameplay. Real, I feel like they have to. I, I just have I some like strange feeling. Of. It's like, you know, we're going to get some sort of cinematic or something, and it's not even really going to be gameplay. Hmm. They've already started to tease it. I feel like that's like a death sentence. <sighs> yeah. They know that's a death sentence. I don't know. I, j- I feel I, like I am a little discouraged because I agree with you, Dustin. I feel like the push has been completely disjointed. There, I, I don't feel like there's been a unified voice behind Microsoft as far as, you know, one big push for next generation. I feel like for me, it's kind of been a, 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 a more of a sizzle than a bang. Right. Um. So, I don't know. The only thing I could think of is if, I mean, Xbox as an entity may know that and they may believe that but if 343 doesn't produce there's not much they can do about it right so yeah i mean there's the possibility of no gameplay but i we've never i mean 343 has always always delivered (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like in a timely manner in a timely timely manner manner. i feel like xbox knows they have to have it but again they can only do as much as their partners are giving right Here's one other thought I had, and this is, I think, a thing in tech that just frustrates me in, in general, and maybe it's because I have a little bit of an old school mindset now, is that when Steve Jobs was working on the iPhone, I'm not saying that he's like God tier, but he was a really smart dude. The point was there was one iPhone. Right. There was no confusion about which iPhone to buy. There, were, there was one model that came in different gigabytes, and that was it. This is the one product Apple stood behind. And now... There's so many fucking models of iPhone that come out every year. There's the regular one. There's the pro one. Each of them come in a different size. Oh, there's this, uh, whatever the S one. Yeah. And it's like, which the, yeah. The, and then once you get into that, and this has always been the case, you got to decide how many gigabytes you want. Right. Or maybe you should buy last year's model. Right. It's cheaper. You know what I mean? It's like, and now I feel like we're starting to see that bleed into consoles and it's like, oh, well here's three different options for three different types of people. And I don't know. I'm I'm not a marketing genius. I don't understand fully how these things work. Potentially, you know, having choices is the right way to go for your market. But it just puts out a confusing message. To I me. can tell you this much. The three of us in this room are enthusiasts. I wouldn't say our lives revolve around video games, but we pretty well know everything current about them. Like, we get it. Right. The th- if the three of us can't keep straight the models in our head and the names of them, I guarantee you the average person can't. Right. You know, there's just no way. When you go, I think of my buddy Derek, who told me this story a long time ago. The first time when Subway came into their town, you know, this was back in the whatever, whatever decade it was, when Subway, the restaurant, came to their town. And his mom went in and was going to order for the first time. They started asking her, like, what kind of bread do you want? What kind of... And those seem like really simple decisions, and she could not handle it because she just wanted to go somewhere and order food. Right. And you're going to have 
lots of people like that when it comes to tech, especially when they when you say, well, what's the difference between the two? And the person thinks they actually know something, and they're yeah. like, well, here's the amount of flops it has. Yeah, and now they're and, really in the weeds. Mom, yeah. mom buying the Christmas present or, or Uncle John who likes to play or or uh, Brandon's dad yeah, right, who exactly. likes to play, you know, Grand Theft Auto who but doesn't really know anything about tech necessarily is going to be like uh, I'm just going to keep my old one for a while. Right. Like you're going to lose sales to some people. To people like us, you may gain sales potentially. Right. But we're not the kind of people who are if if new consoles are coming around, we're not budget shopping. The other thing, one last thing that I was just thinking is that one of the advantages of consoles is the limited amount of SKUs, yes. right? Developers, like if we're taking PlayStation, for example, right now with PlayStation 4, there are two versions of the PlayStation 4 to develop for, and they can maximize their development based on those two hardware specs that are honestly very similar as far as development, right? They're not working with any kind of like a whole different GPU. They're just working with a more powerful GPU, right? Or something like that. So now you're looking at Xbox. If you're an Xbox developer and you want to release a game, a next gen game, which they haven't been clear about that. Right. Are third parties going to be able to release exclusive Series X games? I do not know. I would assume they would have to be able to do that, which then you got to get put on the box. How do you figure out what what to put on the box there? Right. You know what I mean? Right. So (laughs) having all these different versions for me, like thinking from a developer standpoint, not that I'm a developer, but. I would just see that and be like, how much time am I going to have to put into making all these different versions of this game? Oh, I would think about it like that for maybe I mentioned this before, but for like app developers, when they're putting out a game for iPhone, even right now, how many different SKUs do you have to develop for? We're talking, we're not only talking like, what can it run? How do you optimize it for the problem? I'm talking like, Okay, the screen size for this yeah. version has to be this. iPad 1, we 2, and 3. We need to make sure we don't have a cutout in the top for these kinds of phones. Yeah. Uh, with this phone, we have to have a, a option for buttons, and with this one, we don't. Like, it's just obscene, the amount. And, and that's part of what you were getting at with there only being one model. I don't know. I don't think having more options for something like... Okay, I, I'm looking to buy currently a 2060 Super graphics card for my computer. And you go on NVIDIA's website, and there's 14 or 16 different options for which 2060 Super you want to get. And it's like, if they would streamline it, and I understand, computers are a little different. Every aspect of them is different. Depending on what you want to do, you need a different card, you know, whatever. But, like, they would have got my money six weeks ago if yeah. I could just figure out the exact right thing. Right. I don't know. It's just choices. I like having choices. But when it comes down to if the average person, and I'm not, like, by saying average, I'm not putting that down. I'm saying, like, the normal, everyday person who has money and wants to buy something from you, if they're not willing to invest the time and energy to um, look at those things, they're going to walk away. They're going to, they're going to, you're going to, you're going to walk into GameStop with a bunch of know-nothings who say, well, here are the 14 different models of Xbox you can buy, or you can buy the PlayStation. Right. Like, yeah. Or they'll buy it and get the wrong one right. and then be pissed. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of stuff happens to me. Yeah. You know, like I'll buy something and be like, oh man, I, I meant to get that one, but I got this one. Yeah. And that's just, yeah. Sucks. Needlessly complicated is what I think about it. It's a good way to put it. 
Are you guys ready to get into some quickies? Yes. With all that said, I'm still not, I, probably not buying an Xbox. Honestly, any time of the day. Quickie. Let's ready go. for a quickie. Let's go. Okay. New PS Plus games for July have been revealed. Rise of the Tomb Raider. A once Xbox exclusive, exclusive which is kind of interesting. And NBA 2K20. Now, we're also getting a bonus game. Uh, Erica. This is one of those live action movie yeah. type games that i heard is actually it didn't review so well but boo talks highly of it so people i know who have played it definitely speak highly of it i'm gonna check it out yeah for free it's free why not what do you guys think about rise of the tomb raider i'm excited you're gonna check it out yeah 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 i think so i played the first one a long time ago i think on 360 yeah i think this is what it was originally released on um the reboot of the series but yeah i'm i'm interested i actually think i like tomb raider this might be blasphemous a little bit better than uncharted that's fair but they're different they are different they share a lot of the same dna i feel like sometimes but i don't think any of us will be playing nba 2k20 um no do you want to play no (laughs) not that i have anything against it i know it's one of the like super popular basketball games are huge just does not dude so many people are going to be really excited about that oh yeah legit yeah well is how soon is the new one uh real soon i think they just announced within the past couple weeks the new uh person who's going to be on the front i Mm -hmm. think i saw that on twitter yeah so i would assume it'd come out here in the next kind of interesting game without a new basketball season but yeah and i don't I wonder if there's this just literally just occurred to me. I wonder if there's some correlation between like these games have like living rosters. So if somebody's going to they'll update their stats as the season goes on. And I'm talking specifically about like Madden, but I think this is also the case in NBA. Um, If they they like update their stats or if they trade to a different team, they'll update it in real time or whatever, like the the players. And maybe that doesn't dynamically change or, or drastically change the gameplay of the of the game you're playing but it does add to the experience Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering i I saw something recently that the current you know uh, 2k game is suffering because they're it's breaking the game essentially because the updates aren't able to push and i wonder if putting this out for the masses is hoping to reinvigorate that fan base interesting because like you said why would they put out a new game without a season because they're not going to be able to update it or have any updates um, I wonder if trying to get people interested in the series is, you know, was on their mind. Yeah, for sure. Animal Crossing is getting a new update on July 3rd with the ability to swim and dive in the water. Uh, there's also going to be a bunch of new DIY recipes. There's new encounters with the, the fucking drunk seagull yeah. on your, you know, on the shore. <laughs> Did you ever see that you can see his eyes from the back of his head, but not the front? No, it's. It's scary. Seems weird. Wow. It's it's a little scary. You just see the back of his eyeballs when you're looking at the back of it. Look at the front. His eyes are too far back. You eventually get one of the golden tools from him. You have to help him like 50 times or something ridiculous. Wow. Like that doesn't seem very fun. But they also announced that there will be a new update in August as well. So they're kind of like doling the summer updates between this July one and one in August. So I'm off this game now. Yeah, me too. Have been for a while. I don't know if this update will intrigue me to come back. I don't think so. The thing is, I know if I go back, I mean, and this is some, I'm somebody who has 130 hours into it or something insane 
you know, play it at night right before I go to bed or whatever every every night. But have an insane amount of hours into it. And I'm like, I thought the events would bring me back in, but I know it's still just checking boxes of the same exact things I've already done. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I don't know if I'm gonna ever be drawn back in. I loved it. I didn't have any complaints. It's just one day I stopped playing and thought, I wanna do something else now. Yeah. And never went back. Yeah, yeah. to give it a break. I yeah. think I will hop back in. Um, not, you didn't play nearly as much, though. No, I didn't play nearly as much as you guys. Um, I had had a few run-ins with Mr. Bunny Guy uh-huh. for the Easter event, and that pissed me off real bad. That's around when I stopped playing, Yeah, and that was shortly after it came out. Right. But I re, I re, you know, got back into it. Um, you bathed in it. Essentially, yeah. And um, I think what it is for me is whenever the seasons change, mm-hmm. so to speak, Whenever new creatures are available for capture, that's when I want to go back in. Because I feel like the chances are too low of me finding new things any other time. Yeah. And it's not worth my time. I'm just catching the same sea bass 50 fucking times. Right. You know? So. So, Fable and Perfect Dark have received placeholder Twitter accounts that have been discovered. So, I guess this leads to a possibility of some kind of Fable slash Perfect Dark announcement potentially next month. Does this intrigue either one of you? First of all, yes, it intrigues me. Second of all, I saw that somebody from Microsoft refuted it. The weird part was... I mean, they they have to refute it. But. Right. Yeah, there was some... I'm trying to remember. Something like the accounts that followed it or the, the, uh, the accounts that the account itself followed were potentially pointing towards Microsoft employees. But who knows? Maybe this is just some hooligan... Just uh, trying to, you know, pull a prank or something, but maybe I feel like it could be a good time for yeah. both of those. Oh yeah. Do you th- do you think they could have uh, reinvigorated the series that got canned? Fable for Fable. Who mm. knows? I don't know. I feel like Fable has not really been that good since Fable One. So Fable Two was pretty good, but it it wasn't nearly as good as the first one. Yeah, and then the third one was supposed to be. But trash. I will say this: Have you played Fable recently? I did play it a little bit. I played like for a half hour and I was like, this is, this I, is not like I remember. I booted <laughs> it up about a year ago and actually I think I was trying to capture some gameplay and I booted it up and was like, oh, I'm going to hop back into this. It'll be fun. And I remember being like, this isn't good anymore. Yeah. And that's probably blasphemous, but yeah. it's, I feel like we, we had seen nothing like it at the time and now we've seen everything we see is like it. So. Yeah, it's hard to justify playing that one again. I think the last time we saw Perfect Dark was that Xbox 360 launch game, Perfect Dark Zero. It was just terrible. Yeah, I owned that. That was one of the games I bought at launch, and I remember like it's one of those things where it's like you have a brand new console, so you're excited, and you're like, oh, sure. "This is great." Yeah, and deep down, you know, you know it's not that. You know, it's yeah. not good. Bloodstained: Curse of the Moon Two is announced. This is the smaller title to bloodstain but with uh inti crates and so yeah they're coming out with a sequel it'll be out on july 10th and some people argue that this game is better than the core bloodstained game well the original yeah so it's exciting to now see a second one come i couldn't get into the first one though. that's the same thing with me i bought it and then i played it for a little bit and i was like yeah, i played it for longer than i should have honestly because i could tell i didn't like it and i wasn't very good at it yeah and maybe those two things go together and I just kept trying to get because everybody was raving about it, and eventually I just, I just decided I didn't want to have anything more to do with it. Right. Yeah. 
Finally, Divinity Original Sin 2 is coming to the iPad. And what was interesting about this is it wasn't announced, but Apple just had their big developers conference. And in one of the training videos they had, they're like, we took a look, uh, Larian Studio, let us take a look at their code for this demonstration for Divinity Original Sin 2 on iPad. Mm-hmm. Never been announced. They're right. just like, hey, we're taking a look at it. So this is cool. I think this is a cool thing. I know some people were shitting on it because anytime a hardcore game comes to iPad, people are angry right. for some reason. But the little bit I've played of this game, I feel like it would be a, a perfect fit for the iPad. Yeah. The Tactical. control scheme. Yeah. Six, yeah. 60 bucks. I don't know if it, I mean, it might be 60. That but. That'll be pivotal, at least for me, because this is a game that I've always had some interest in. Mm-hmm. So. I think 60 on iPads a hard sell, I think. I know. And, yeah. that, and, and that's what I was saying after I, after, after, that's what I was thinking after I said it, but. Yeah, it'll be, I think it will live and die if by the fact if it has like a steam integration, so you yeah. can bring your save over. Yeah. I know the switch version has that, which is what has tempted me. The idea of playing it both places, but I don't know. You, you bought it for a PC, didn't you? Yeah. And then I never really played it. <laughs> I, it, I bought it at a weird time when like a, a game was coming out soon and I dipped my toes in. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is the, this game requires commitment. Yeah. And that's just something I don't have right now. Right. So that's all I got That's it for man. quickies. We've got a little bit of time left, so we can either talk about what we've been playing, which I think has mainly just been last of us. Yeah. But yeah. And, I don't and, know if we really duty. want to do that if we're going to. No. So do you want to do dreams and shout outs to we can't out the show? But 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 I want to pose a question just because I haven't asked you guys this. I was thinking about it. Sure. And I feel like at least my anecdotal evidence has been that most of my friends either are more of fantasy people or they're more sci fi people. Uh-huh. What are you guys? Um, probably more fantasy for me. I mean, I like both. I'm but, fantasy. Yeah. I usually cannot get into sci fi as much. I think Skyrim really launched my love of fantasy. Um, but yeah. What do you think, Dustin? This is a really hard yeah. question for me. I mean, obviously, you they know, they bleed together. So you can too. be both, no doubt. But at least in my personal experience, I've had a ton of people that, you know, just seem like they gravitate towards one or the other. Here's a very complicated, I'll keep it short answer. Sometimes when I'm playing a game, I'm like, I am so tired of all these generic fantasy games. And then I'll play another game and think, I'm so tired of all these generic sci-fi games. And then there's times where I think sci-fi is fucking awesome. I want to play every sci-fi game. And then there's fantasy ones where I'm have the same thoughts. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can, I, I, it's easy to cheap out on both of those. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I was thinking about mass effect the other day because Colin did an episode on mass effect for knockback. So I was just thinking about that series. I'm like, man, it's such a good world. So much lore, so much extended universe. That's how you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I was thinking of um, Baldur's Gate three. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's part of the speaking D&D of universe. Sp- speaking of divinity, well, I mean, it's it, it's still like the fantasy, you know. But You're right. Yeah. No. I mean, I uh, divinity is something I should definitely try before I ever consider even looking into Baldur's Gate 3, yes. because if I don't like Divinity, 
then I shouldn't even bother with the other one. Well, I thought it was so. funny because it. Uh, I think it was PAX East when they revealed Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, it's so cool, though. You were like, oh, I'm going to play that for sure. And, and us and they were both like, you probably should play a game like it before you get that one. I mean, honestly, so that's some good marketing, though. Yeah. I mean, if oh, I can yeah. watch that, you know, it's just, it was just such a cool cinematic. Right. Yeah. Hey, I got to be transparent here. We haven't done Dreams and Shout Out in so long. It's going to be hard for me to... I got to come up with one. Mm. Okay. I wasn't okay. prepared. Okay. Shout out to hot dogs. Okay. Dusty hooked me up with some hot dogs before the show. Brandon was like, I'm really, he was like, should we call Ben? How long is he going to be till he gets here? I'm like, he's going to be here real soon. He's like, I'm like, you're hungry, aren't you? Yeah. I knew a little Bandy was hungry. Your boy was hungry. So hot I made him some dogs. Hot dogs are delicious. I th- oh my God. Have I shouted this out before? I don't think so. I've said something about people shitting on hot dogs before. Maybe hot dogs are delicious. It's okay if they're snout meat. Just eat it. It's good. <laughs> I tend to agree with that. Yeah. I just just like, fucking eat it. It's good. I mean, honestly, if you eat McDonald's or you eat any of that shit. People, I mean, there definitely is a hierarchy to hot dogs. Don't get me wrong. Oh, certainly. But people who pretend like the worst hot dog isn't still good are wrong. Yeah. No, they're delicious. So many. It's a versatile yeah. piece of meat. You just put whatever you want on it. Um. Shout out the hot dogs, really. Okay. Are you guys are you are you guys chili guys at all? Oh, I like hell chili. Yeah. yeah. You like chili? Mm-hmm. I go back and forth with chili. Mm-hmm. Ch- I'm a, are we talking about specifically on the dogs or yes, just in general? On the dog. Okay. Because I'll get chili one place and hate it. Right. And then get another place and think oh, it's, it's all okay. about the yeah yeah the recipe. I think it has to be a chili cheese combo. Chili and cheese. It, weirdly enough, I didn't even know you could eat chili y- without cheese. Y'all are gonna mm. wince at this, but especially you, Dustin, because you don't really like ketchup. But I'll put chili and ketchup, yeah. so that's a little bit of vinegary deliciousness to it. Mm. Ooh, mm. ooh! I might have to go get a hot dog after this. <laughs> I'm just gonna be. Ones you have. I'm just gonna be full of wieners. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, I've been dreaming about playing more of The Last of Us. Because more recently, I feel like I haven't had optimal peak Brandon to be fully conscious and ready to play this game. I'm still waiting to meet him. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me when you find him. Um, But no, I I feel like this is the type of game that I really want to be laser focused on. And I want to be absorbing it fully. And I feel like I haven't had... I've had the opportunity, but maybe not the means. Um at that moment uh, to completely enjoy the experience. So I'm dreaming of some beautiful, beautiful Last of Us time. Okay. Where I could just kill some zombies. You know, do it up big. For sure, dude. I'll go next, Ben, to give you some time. All right. And yep. if you can't think of something, that's so fine. No, I'm you good. Know, no I, pressure. I Whew, on the fly. Uh, I'm dreaming right now of this upcoming week just because my parents are coming into town. And I always like when my parents come and visit. Some people dread it, but, you know, I'm very thankful for the relationship I have with my parents. They're going to be hanging out, you know, 4th of July. My dad's going to help me do some stuff around the house that I'm too stupid to do on my own, which is always appreciated. And it's just going to be a nice time having some some extra folks in the house. So I'm dreaming of that. They're nice people. My shout out, unfortunately, maybe fortunately, is a plug because... I am now doing some more videos on Colin's YouTube channel for SideQuest every other week. So my first video for that will come out on July 8th. 
and it's going to be pretty exciting. I've already started working on it. Can you give us a teaser? What's the topic? Uh, I mean, I already know, but I'm trying to think what a, a teaser could be. It's a, focused around a, a recently studio, acquired studio. Yeah, a recently go. acquired studio that, in my opinion, had a very underrated game. Yeah, controversial. I need to play that game. game. So yeah, Whew. say no more, fam. So look forward to that. I, I July wanna, 8th. I want to watch it myself. Okay. Uh, my dream, I'm, uh, I feel like I talk about Call of Duty a lot, which is so opposite to 2019, Ben, but, uh, the new update, the new patch, whatever you want to call it for Modern Warfare for specifically for Warzone came out today. I mean, there were updates to the rest of the game too. And I'm just dreaming about playing that tonight with Brandon probably. Yeah. yeah, man. Um, checking it out, doing a little streaming probably. Of course, that'll already have happened by the time you're listening. You're listening, but um, just dream about that. I just, I want to play The Last of Us so much and finish it so we can do our spoiler cast. And I'm not the main hold up there, Brandon. Um, <laughs> hey, I said I'm dreaming about it, but uh, come me some slack. But here. I'm also very much like in my normal everyday life, I'm not necessarily, I don't, I don't want to be around a lot of people or like do group activities, except for with a few exceptions like you guys. Um, I'll always hang out with you guys, but a lot of times I'm just like, I don't need all these people around me. Um, but when it comes to video games, like if I have the option to play the best game of the year so far, which is probably the last of us two, or play modern warfare with my buddies, I'm going to pick modern warfare. Like that's just how I am. So I'm, I'm looking forward to playing the new update. I already got it downloaded, ready to go as soon as we're ready to play. Yeah. Uh, my shout out, uh, is going to be, uh, a little different to, um, Posthorn PR. Um, Posthorn PR is a new um, pro bono PR company uh, that'll only be doing stuff for very, very incredibly small games. Not even like talking about like oh, an indie game. I'm talking about like smaller than that games. Um, basically, the the criteria is if you can't pay for marketing for PR, uh, you use that company and work with them. And um, I'm going to be helping out. Uh, don't know exactly. I mean, this is all like, it was an idea, I think, Saturday night, and then it became, I mean, it's not my idea, um, but it became a thing Sunday, and then um, got asked to, to be on board. So um, I'm going to be working with them, doing some stuff for really super duper small games, um, and just looking forward to um, helping out there and, um, you know, helping small, hopefully helping small creators become big creators. Hell yeah. Cause like if they can get a little more PR than they would normally get and that helps their, their small game sell tremendously well. And then that helps them make their next game even bigger and better. Maybe eventually they'll, you know, make a, a breakout hit. So, or maybe their first game will be a breakout. Hit. Who knows? So shout out to post torn PR for sure. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, that's the end of our show this week. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Of course, we already mentioned Patreon and our website. The only other way, not the only, but one of the big ways you can also support us is using our Amazon affiliate link at handsofandom.com slash Amazon. And that basically just puts a little cut from your purchase to us. doesn't cost you anything extra. just comes out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. So apparently, fun. there was a guillotine outside. His yeah, house. I saw that. Oh, I actually wow. thought that that That's was a little fucked up. Yeah. It's a little fucked up, but I'm I'm pretty dark, so I thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> oh no! Anytime there's a guillotine involved, I'm in. <laughs> put that on. Put that on. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> 
that should have been on my freaking Tinder profile before I started dating. Dang. There's a, there's a guillotine I'm in. Wow. Am I missing anything else? I don't no, think so. No, man. No. All right. I think we should end this before Brandon says something else. Yeah, us. you're right. All right. See you later. Bye. <laughs> The HP Podcast and Handsome Phantom are fan-funded through patreon.com slash handsome phantom. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Ben, Jared Cavaliero, Jason Canham, Michael J. Sutherland, and Shuttleworth. <laughs>